Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black Mike podcast for the Monday show with me, Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes. And last week we had Sam Mulner on from Newcastle Fans TV and we thought it's only right this week to get his co-host and podcast partner, Johnny Greenwood on. Johnny, thanks very much for joining us. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You had, you had Sam last week and, you know, if you, you want the best, you've just got to, just got to ask, haven't you? So, I know, Sam, I know Sam's a big fan, so he'll be listening to this anyway, but you've got to get the digs in early. I'm awaiting the text message from him when he hears this later on, uh, <laughs> disputing that claim. Johnny, I must admit, I, I, uh, I did get a chuckle on social media over the weekend because I saw a very funny clip that Newcastle Fans TV posted on their Twitter and it's of you and a couple of others at that Gator game on Saturday stood there in the torrential rain, hoods up, and you were at a line, something like, it's supposed to be summer. <laughs> What's this weather? I mean, it was pretty grim conditions, wasn't it? I'm just, I just hope Sam Jones-Nali just didn't, when he was watching from the balcony, I just hope he was going, it's not like this in July all the time. It's, I'm, I'd like to say it's not, but you're quite right, Aaron. It was horrendous weather. And, you know, for the, for the I think there was about 8,000, 9,000 people in the whole ground on Saturday, you know, fair play to every single one of them because it was, it was just torrential rain. And I think the joke was what everyone was saying, we're all going to Madrid. I think we all wanted to go to Madrid as soon as possible because it was just horrendous in terms of the weather. But um, no, it was, it was, a, it was a nice little afternoon out, but um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it'll, um, I don't think it'll make the archives. Yeah, I think is uh, I did have to. I did feel a bit sorry for the the fans stood there with no roof when I was sat in that warm, uh, covered press box. I must admit, but you know, thankfully Newcastle got the win. Thankfully, you know, it wasn't all doom and gloom. The weather might have been bad, but you know, they battled back very, very hard in that second half. Um, we'll, we'll start with the lineup on on Saturday because obviously it's a pre-season friendly. We we're not expecting, you know, um a start 11 that we might see in the Champions League. But I think there was a little bit of surprise, wasn't there, when Eddie Howe named that team. I think we had about six or seven fullbacks starting. You know, we had Remy Savage, who um, hasn't made a, a first-team appearance for the club. Um, I mean, that first half, it really looked like it was their first game. It, you know, they looked like they were struggling for fitness and Gator just looked like they were quicker and, and they wanted it a little bit more. Yeah, you've got to remember... I know Gateshead are a few divisions below, but Gateshead are still, I think, a week or 10 days ahead of where Newcastle are in terms of pre-season side of things. So they are obviously going to be a bit more fit. In terms of the talent and the quality, of course, that's going to be a big, big difference. And Newcastle showed that at times. But uh, yeah, the, the, the lineup. I don't think anybody knew what the lineup was going to be. And, and that's going to be the case with pretty much every single pre-season game. Gateshead will, will be against Aston Villa in just under four weeks' time. But... Remy Savage was one that was very surprising to see him get a start at the centre-back. I, I don't think he'll be involved with Newcastle much longer. Uh, Carl Darrow and goal, of course, he's been heavily linked with Middlesbrough, Hull, Leeds, Bournemouth. There's been a lot of clubs that have been linked with him, so I don't know how many pre-season games he's going to get, but he needs to get minutes, I suppose. And You're quite right, Aaron. How many full-backs have we have on that pitch? I think we counted six at one point. 
um, in that first half. But again, we're talking about fringe players for probably half of those fullbacks, if you want to call them. But I thought Jamal Lewis didn't really do anything of real note. I didn't think he impressed at all. I thought Mankio was okay, but it's okay what Newcastle United want right now. Um, but it's so difficult because it is pre-season. You don't really want to hound them too much because it is their mm-hmm. first game as well. But I still think there's a few players that you have to go. You can still tell that they're just not at the level of where Newcastle United want to be. But um, yeah, I, I, whoever, when they've seen that 11 gone, right, this is definitely how we're going to be playing in terms of Kieran Trippier playing as a midfielder and X, Y, and Z, and, you know, a, a four with three of Jamal Lewis, Matt Ritchie and um, Alan St. Maxim front. I think everyone would have thought you were bonkers, but it was just one of those one of those halves, wasn't it? I, I didn't. I, 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 I'm not a fan of preseason. I have to be honest. I'm not a big fan of it. But it, it was nice to see like like some Matt Ritchie play. That was probably the only thing I took out of it, and probably a couple of other things which we'll mention later on. Yeah, I think you know that might have been a little dig message from Eddie Howe. Everybody's talking about the need to sign a left back, and he said, "Well, actually, lads." You know, we've got five here ready to go. But as you say, you know, Jamal Lewis playing left wing. I think, you know, at one point in the first half, you had Matt Ritchie and Mankio and Trippier all playing, you know, right wing. It was it was a very sort of mismatched, um, you know, first half. And as you say, you know, it's just a run out and, you know, these players need minutes in their legs. A lot of them will likely move on. Um, but I think in that second half, you know, Newcastle started to find their rhythm. And I think... You know, the two that stood out for me in that second half were, were Elliot Anderson and, and Alan St. Maximum. I think Elliot Anderson especially, you know, looked very confident, wanted the ball a lot. He started, you know, in midfield. He went out to the left. He started playing through the middle. Really, really positive to see that he was, you know, in and amongst that in the second half. And I think it's going to be such a huge season for him, isn't it? Yeah, massive season. I think there's always going to be a question mark around Eddie Anderson. Should he be alone? Should he be sent out to a championship club? So he should he should he be sent out to a Premier League club and probably battling for relegation? But Eddie has been very consistent. No, he's part of my plans. I want him there and I want him to, you know, learn and develop with me. And I don't blame him for that. I really, really don't. And could you imagine if we did loan Eddie Anderson towards the second half of last season? You know, we were down to the bare bones as it was anyway. So um, it was definitely the right decision looking back. I thought he was the best player on the pitch. I thought Alan Simax would have moments, but I thought Eddie Anderson was the best player on the pitch on now on Saturday, um, which I think will show Eddie how well I want to play every single game. I think he'll get more minutes against Rangers tomorrow. And I think he's certainly one that I think people will be keeping an eye out because I don't think he makes the starting 11. I don't think he's, he's definitely playing in the starting 11. But I don't think Newcastle fans are worried at all in the slightest if he comes on at any point because he will get games this season, you know, the likes of your Brunos, your Joe Lintons aren't going to play Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup. There will be times that Ali Anderson starts Premier League games because it's just so many games. And I think Newcastle fans do trust him. I think the one thing I'd like to see, and I know he got a, he got a, he got a goal on Saturday, I do think he can bring more goals to his game. I really do. I think he was unfortunate. I get a couple last season. Obviously, everyone remembers the Forest, uh, the Forest game last season where he should have had a goal. Mm-hmm. But I love, on Saturday in particular, I love the link-up between him and ASM. They were on the same wavelength, particularly second half. And then another day, he, would have, he probably would have had a hat-trick. But, yeah, he, he seems very fit as well. Seems really, really fit. I think he looked one of the fittest on, on Saturday in terms of a Newcastle point of view. And that's certainly a good sign of things to come for Ali Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as you say, he looked very confident. He looked fit. He looked hungry. He wanted to get on the ball. And, and funny enough, me and myself and Lee Ryder and a couple of other local journalists got to speak to him after the game. And one of the things he did say was that, he, you know, he's, he's tried to add goals to his game, which... 
I think we'll all, you know, as you've touched on, we we agree that he probably needs to do it. But I think all this talk of him going out on loan, and I remember how much of a hot topic it was last season. I think now, you know, it's very, very unlikely we'll see him leave. As you say, Newcastle fighting on four fronts. They're going to need players like that in and around the team who can who can stand in. And I think, you know, one player that didn't play on on Saturday but has proven in the last couple of weeks that he can have a similar sort of role of, of Anthony. He's maybe more senior, and that's Anthony Gordon. I think you're now looking at this team and the amount of attacking options they've got. You know that can do a job. It's it's really refreshing. It takes a lot of pressure off Eddie Howe needing to go out and and, and sign a couple of more attackers, doesn't it, this summer? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I, I have to be honest, I was always on the fence with Anthony Gordon um, when he first arrived at Newcastle, but I, I just, I like the endeavour, I like the attitude of him, which I think everyone was criticising his attitude, mm-hmm. or was he the right, is he, is he the right character for the Teddy Howe's Newcastle United, but I think that uh, interview he did with uh, the club's official channel after the Chelsea game, you know, I'm going to be fit, I'm going to be super fit, I'm playing with England, I'm going to do well with England, and I'm going to come back, it's almost like a different player, because he, he, he openly said, the intensity was just too much for him to start with. And you could probably tell in some of, the, some of his appearances, I thought the Man City game, I know it was Man City, it's difficult, it's difficult to play well against Man City the best of times, mm. but he looked a little bit out of his depth against Manchester City at times. But I think he slowly showed spells, I think, against Manchester United, he was good. And then at St. James's Park, I thought he was good against uh, against Chelsea on the final day of the season, getting the goal. I think this could be a breakthrough season for Anthony Gordon at Newcastle. I really do. And the fact that he can play a couple of different positions. Now, I'm not expecting him to play up top, but he ha- we can have that as an option. And he has got the pace, which will frighten defences. But I do think his best position is off the, on the right-hand side of the front three. And you've got Miguel Miron, you've got Jacob Murphy, you've got other players now that are all fighting for that position. And Anthony Gordon's going in there, you know, fits a fiddle. You know, he's only really had the two weeks off between the end of the season and meeting up within the 21s. And he's had an extra week's rest, if you like, and he's back training with the with the first team, which is a bit is a bit strange. It's normally back in the day when probably me and you I were really watching football as a kid. Every if if you're playing at all, you get a full four weeks off, and if that took you to the start yeah. of the Premier League season, it took you to the start of the Premier League season. You just have yeah. to you know make the time up. But I think this is a big season for him. I really, really do. I think he can flourish. I think again more games, more chances, and. I think he's just. I think he just wants to prove people wrong more than anything. And I think he'll want to prove people down down Merseyside wrong as well because I think there was a lot of people saying that uh, forty million pounds. I'm buzzing with that. You know, really, really happy. It always reminds you of like Frank Rampard leaving West Ham to go to Chelsea for eleven million. Oh, we're happy with that. Well, let's see what happens because I think he's given the opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Frank Lampard by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but what I do think he can do is he can have a, he can have an impact on this Newcastle United team, and I think. That will be massive for him because if he can have an impact on the Champions League team, we, we don't need to buy more, more, more players if he's put, if he's uh, putting in the numbers in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as you as you say, Eddie Howe touching it on Saturday after the game. You know, Gordon coming back, he's he was posting very, very good fitness numbers in the tests that they've been doing. And obviously, as you can imagine, he hasn't really had a break. Um, but absolutely, it's very, very positive to see that he's starting to find his form, his confidence now. 
you know, if if Gordon's, you know, fighting for his place in the team, there's obviously there's so much competition around that left hand side, the right hand side, and obviously we can't do a podcast at the minute without talking about the main man, and that's Alan St. Maximan. Now, we had, as I said, Sam Mulner on last week. We asked him, and you know, he was keep, keep, keep. He was adamant. He was like, stop the debate. You know, it doesn't need to be talked about anymore. Just in short, are you are you keep or are you selling St. Alan St. Maximan? This is going to be a sentence that will shock you, Aaron. I'm in full agreement with Sam Mulder. That's, that's how I feel. Um, <laughs> no, no, Sam and I had the pleasure of interviewing Alan St. Maxim last year, and he wanted to stay at Newcastle. He wanted to be part of Newcastle's plans going forward. He loved being in a city. He wanted playing. He, he said, not jokingly, but I think he said it as a, you know, something for the future. I'd love to play for Newcastle in the Champions League. Now, I don't think we'd be talking about that in nine months' time, but in the grand scheme of things, no. He has to stay. I've, I've literally just done a video for the for the for Newcastle fans TV, basically saying Alan St. Maxwell should not leave this football club. Now I know there's a, a radio station that talks a lot about sport that's linking with new linking Newcastle with uh, uh, Alan St. linking Alan St. Maxwell with a move away, particularly to one of the Saudi clubs. But he has to, for me. If, you, if this is what I've just said in the video, if you're replacing Alan St. Maxwell, you're replacing him with somebody better. I'm not convinced Harvey Barnes is a better player than Alan St. Maxwell. You have to, you're going to have to persuade me to, to believe that because on talent, I don't think he's better than him. I think numbers-wise, he probably shows that Harvey Barnes is a better player. Mm-hmm. However, in terms of talent, if, if, if Harvey Barnes was... This is, this is the really bizarre thing, because if Harvey Barnes stayed up with Leicester this season, he'd probably be worth more, probably double the amount of what Alan St. Maxwell is going for right now. Leicester will be wanting about 55, 60 million from it to stay up. Now, the fact that he's obviously it's like a half price, 50% off sale with them, with them getting relegated, but mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just can't, you can't, you can't persuade me to believe that Alan Tomatum is not a better player than Harvey Barnes. And I just think if anybody deserves an opportunity to play in Champions League football, considering the dross that we've had to watch over the years, apart from the last 18 months or so, it's Alan St. Maxwell. Him and towards the start of Steve Bruce's reign and Callum Wilson and Alan Smithson towards the end of his reign were the only reason why Newcastle had something going forward, let's be honest. And mm-hmm. I think he deserves that opportunity. Um, again, I said this the other day, I think if it was a club's decision, I think the club would sell him. I think it was the player's decision, I think the player would say, ultimately, who has the more power Who has more power in this? I'm not 100% sure, but I would still be surprised if Alan St. Maxson is not in a Newcastle shirt come September. I, I, I really do. Unless there's a stupid offer that comes in, I'd I, I I be very, very surprised. I mean, it, it's it's such a polarising debate. I mean, I know you and Sarah are in agreement, but whenever me and Andrew talk about this on the podcast and we're doing a live Facebook chat, the comments are so split. You know, you've got people saying, just like you, keep him, he deserves it. You know, he, he, there's very few footballers like him. There's others who say he's too inconsistent, he's too you know injury prone, he doesn't have the goal numbers. It's interesting what you just said there about replacing him with someone better. And, and you know, if you don't think Harvey Barnes is that player, would you be more inclined to sell enough if, let's say, you get 40, 50 million for him and then you go out and you use that on someone like Chiesa from Juventus or, you know, Kovica from Napoli, two of the players that have been, you know, tentatively linked um, on the continent? Would that sort of appeal to you a little bit more? Look, every player has a price. Every player has a price. And Newcastle United are in, a, are in a position where they're more of a buying club now. If they want to sell Alan St. Maxim, they'll sell them because they think it's better for Newcastle United, not because it's a good deal in terms of the other, the other club and for Alan St. Maxim. I, 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 again, like I said towards the end of my, uh, my last answer, 
if the right offer comes in, it's going to be difficult, regardless. I think if you get, like, I, I know a, a, a journalist, a journalist that um, we spoke to at the end of the season said Newcastle probably looking for twenty twenty five million pounds on St Maxwell. I was thinking, what? I was thinking, what? Twenty twenty five for his right foot, I hope. Pardon? For just his right foot, I hope. Well, that's what, that's what, that's what I said. I said, I said you can't be thinking that much because Newcastle have paid, I think, sixteen million pounds for him anyway. There's a, when yeah. they first bought him. I was like, you can't be saying that. And he's on a long contract as well. I think it, I think I think it's some I think Newcastle wouldn't entertain any offer unless it was at least forty, at least forty million pounds. Especially in this current market. You've like you've got Moises Caicedo looking for hundred million quid. Now, he's not worth hundred million quid and I'm not and, and there's different positions, but that, the market's so crazy at the minute. Yeah. Um I think again, I think the club would sell him. The club would sell on St. Maxwell if they had the chance, if they had the opportunity to do so. Um, it's certainly not my opinion on that, but if you turn, you're talking about other players like your Chiesas and obviously the Napoli lad as well, who's been, who's actually on as one of the best players in, in Serie A. He has been for the last couple of years and, you know, that is why Napoli don't want to sell him and it would take a ridiculous offer. But it would be an unbelievable statement if we do sign, uh, sign him because he is just, there's just, that, like, you look at Alan St. Maxwell's stats, you look at this lad's stats, Wow. Different kettle of fish, different kettle of fish, but you're talking top dollar. And can Newcastle really afford to pay that on one player? I don't think so. I don't think it's, I don't think there's, um, there's anything to it. But um, if you're, unless you, this is what I'm coming back to, if you're bringing in players that are better than I'll say maximum, then fair enough. But if not, you've got to keep them. You've got to keep them for at least another season and then reevaluate where you are. But not right now for me. Well, we did ask Eddie Howard on Saturday after the game about Alan St. Maxwell, and this is a response. When asked if he would keep him, he said, if he wanted to keep him, he said, definitely. I love Alan. I've said that many times. You saw his quality today. When he went into his best position as a left winger, he was excellent. He took his goal really well. He's come back in a good place mentally, and I'm very pleased with him now. Eddie Howe said after the Chelsea game at the end of the last season, when he was asked about Max, he said it's completely up to him, you know. And Howe's been pretty consistent in his view that if Maxi wants to stay, um, he, you know, there's a place for him in this team. And then all of a sudden you get this long-winded, emotional Instagram message from him at the start of the summer where, you know, it, it really did read like a goodbye, didn't it? it? It read as if it was a player who was packed his bags and ready to go. It, it, it's just bizarre that this sort of saga continues to rumble on when really Howe's been, you know, uber consistent about it. Maxi, whenever he speaks about the club, as you've touched on, speaks so highly and, you know, I think he would love to play in the Champions League. It just, is it because Newcastle don't have any other real sellable assets that, he, you know, he, he keeps making the headlines about potentially exit? It's such a weird sort of transfer saga, isn't it? It, 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 very, it is, it is, Aaron, you're, you're quite right. It is a weird one. It really is a weird one. Why, like, why would you sell one of your better players? If we're being honest, he's still one of our better players that people want to admit that or not, regardless if people are on the fence and everyone can't ignore his talent. Um, I, I think Eddie, Eddie, Howe's, Eddie Howe bats everything with a straight bat, sorry, every answer with a straight bat. It's, you're not getting much out of him at all. Yeah. Um, I think he has to say that while there's not players through the door. He's only got one player through the door in Sandro Tonali. There's no one imminent from what he said on Saturday. It might change by the time you take on Rangers, but there's nothing imminent in terms of attacking players coming in. So he has to keep him. He has to say the right things behind in front of the cameras. But I'd, I'd be, I would be, again, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I think the cryptic message that Alan St. Maxwell put out, I don't know whether that was just a bit of, 
you know, talk that you heard in the press and it's just to shut people up or I don't know, but uh, it's just a weird one, Aaron. It's just such a weird one with Alan St. Maxim because I still think he, the fans have the but I know you say he splits opinion in terms of maybe online, but in the ground, he doesn't. On the, in the ground, people are very, very super confident with him and want him in the team. I still feel that if you put your best, if you say, right, who would you want, if you out of all the players we've got right now, who do you want on the left hand side? I think a lot of people still want Alan St. Maxim on that left hand side against Aston Villa yeah. on the on the twelfth of August, but it, it is different, difficult. The only problem is he is he is he is injury prone. He does pick up nickels, but because of his how in terms of what Alan St. Maxim brings to a game, he's so quick, he's so strong. And when he goes hundred percent, you know he, how many times can he do that without, without picking up a nickel? I remember the Wolves game where he scored that fantastic goal, and he was holding his hamstring by the end of the game and was out for a couple of weeks. So. It's almost like, if you want me to give him a maximum, I'm going to pick up niggles, but this is what I can do when I bring my maximum. So it, it, it's going to be interesting, to say the least, but uh, I, I still feel that, I still feel that Alan St. Maxwell will play some part. Yeah, I think he'll play minutes tomorrow. He'll he want to showcase himself in the States. And look, uh, unless a ridiculous offer comes in, I don't see Newcastle doing anything stupid at the minute. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of days, especially with Harvey Barnes as well. I know Leicester are going out to Asia in a couple of days. He hasn't been playing um, with them the last couple of weeks, so I'm sure there'll be some movement on the incomings and outgoings. Just back to the game then. Obviously, second half, as we said, Newcastle turned it round. Three very good goals. Um, you know, They ended the game with nine under-21 players, um, Harrison Ashby and Loris Karius on the pitch. Um, Karius fresh off his new contract. Um I thought, you know, there were some bright youngsters there. I thought Alex Murphy did very, very well when he came on. Lewis Miley, again, you know, has just proven why he's, you know, in and around the first team. What did you make of some of those young players that, you know, ended the game at, at Gateshead? Yeah, I totally agree with Lewis Miley. I thought he looked very calm, relaxed on the ball. Um, yeah, I thought Murphy was I thought Murphy was fine. I thought I thought Jake Turner Cook took his goal well. I think he could, I think I think it was I think it was him. Forgive me if it was wrong that he could have even had another one towards the back end of the game. Yeah. Um but yeah, I thought I thought the, I thought like I say it's hard to say kids because Loris Karras is in goal and he's probably near thirty, but and Dan Byrne played eighty minutes. So yeah, no, I thought I thought I thought the, I thought they did fine. I think you can tell the Gateshead players were a bit tired going into the last 10, 15 minutes, which is understandable, you know, it's still pre-season, of course. Um I thought Ashby looked okay. I didn't think he was amazing, but I thought he looked okay. It's difficult because that was like kind of the first time I've really seen him in the flesh. Yeah. And it's hard to really say, is he this, is he that? After half an hour's worth of football, I think a lot of I think yourselves and other reporters have said that he's looking for a loan move and the club are looking for the right loan move for him, that he's going to be guaranteed minutes. And I wouldn't be against that. I think they're waiting for obviously to bring another right back. Obviously, Tito Livermento is the, the main name that Newcastle have been interested in in terms of another right back because obviously if Kieran Trippier gets injured, we are um, we're knacking a little bit, if we're being honest, because the, the, the quality behind him is just such a drop. But it'll be interesting to see. I still think that... Um, I still think you'll see a lot of these under-23s that will get a chance. I think if it with the Salah Cup, you'll see two starting 11s, and then you'll see all the kids come on with like 10, 15 minutes to go. Uh, a bit like what we did last season with the two friendlies, you know, against a uh, um, obviously good opposition. But again, it gives it gives these players a chance. Like, you know, Jay Turner Cook will be thinking, well, I've, I've just scored. I've scored the, the winner. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been given the opportunity. Let's get more minutes. He played, he played at Tramway last uh Last season on loan, which is probably good for him in terms of his development. You know, people forget he was a Sunderland lad. I think yeah. he's, I think he's, 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 he's started the physio or something for like 25, 30 years. And 
it was it was quite strange how he left and then his son left pretty quickly. But um, who knows? Who knows what happened behind closed doors there anyway? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, let, let, let's just let's just see what happens because it would be nice to see a, a couple more youngsters, you know, getting chances. If Lewis May takes his chance, which it looks like he wants to do, Elliot Anderson, Sean Longstaff, you know. Uh, Dan Byrne even there's a local lad of course as well so it's, it's, it's nice to see more and more Newcastle lads getting opportunities Yeah it'll be interesting to see how many of them are involved tomorrow night now the sort of senior players are back and also to see how many of them also go to America at the end of the month but as you say that Seller Cup really is the is probably the time where we'll see a lot of them again we we'll move on to transfers and Johnny. You know, we've obviously touched on on Maxi and and, and um, a few others, but there's obviously other positions that need strengthening. Obviously, anyhow, at the stage of the season, at the stage of the summer, probably wanted a few more through the door than he's got. Um, you know, we asked him about transfers on Saturday, and he said nothing is close. We are working on that, and we need new additions. We don't have a huge budget to work with. Our budget is strict, so we have to be creative. We're prepared to be patient and get the right players, but we're also aware that we need to improve the squad. So there will come a time that we have to move things forward quicker. Now, just in a couple of sentences there, he says the word need a lot. I think there was a sense that although he always projects this calm, you know, exterior and he straights back these questions, he's a man who really wants some players through the door. And I think this time last year, they were heading out to Austria. They had Botman, they had Pope, they had Target through the door. Um, as a fan and as sort of a you know a voice for the fans, how how concerned do you think it is at the minute that the club have only managed to do one deal at this stage of the summer? Or are you just patient, like Hal says? I think you have to be patient up to a point, but we're just under four weeks until the start of the season now. I think if Newcastle could bring another two players in the next two weeks, I think if you've got just three players in before two weeks before the end the start of the season, I think I'd be quite content with that. I think that would be the minimum I'd want, because I think Newcastle needs somewhere between five to seven new players just for Champions League. In terms of, you know, three games a week, we struggled. I say we struggled. What's the best way of putting it? I think physically we struggled. We still we were still picking up results, but I think I thought we physically struggled in some games. I remember we played, I think, who did we play? We played Man United, West Ham, Brentford, got nine points, three very, very good results, three big wins, but you could tell the last 15, 20 minutes of that Brentford game it was just a case of right, we're two and up, let's just hold on, just get out of here with three points and move on to the next one and recover. Um, we need a new left back. I don't care we had six against Gateshead. We need a new left back. Um, nothing against Matt Target, Jamal Lewis, Dan Byrne, but they all do the same thing when they get up to the up to an the attacking area. They cut back in and they start the, the, they start by cutting the cross and it's just it doesn't go anywhere. You want someone that can actually go right, I'm gonna actually I've got the delivery to go left foot and go past my man and put a cross in or you know, be a bit more dangerous. I'm not surprised they're going for Theo Hernandez or rumoured to be going for Theo Hernandez. I know he's 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 gonna be that's gonna be a very difficult deal to do, but you never know if Newcastle wanted to go all out in terms of another player, I think they probably potentially would do that for someone like him. Um but I, I still think Newcastle need a couple of different positions so that's, I, I I I agree with the I agree with the new right back option. I do think we need a new right back. I think we need another centre half, just in case a Fabian Shea gets in. There is Jamal Assal's at that level in terms of, you know, week in week out. He's barely played. A, he's barely. I think he's played, played five games last season. It's nothing really when you think about it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult. I think we need, like I say, we just need more reinforcements. We need five to seven new players, and I think we'll be all content. But I think there will be probably a couple of loans in there as well if you can get the right deal, then potentially do it. But um, 
yeah, I'm not worried just yet. I'm kind of a bit itchy, if that's the best phrase to put it, but I would like a couple more signings in, in the next couple of weeks. I think if they get to two weeks in the store, you have to gnarly through the door two weeks before the season. I think, we were, I think we would have missed a trick. But I think Eddie Howe, just from the way he spoke on Saturday, Aaron, I don't know whether you agree, I think you could tell he was irritated. I think you could tell he was a bit, um, I think annoyed would be probably the best way I could put it in terms of what there wasn't more silence through the door. But again, there's not really been any other, like other clubs, maybe apart from Arsenal, really, that have brought in three players in. So, you know, I think it would be nice and an ideal to get all your signings in before the start of the season, but it just doesn't work out like that in this window. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think I would agree with you on on, on sort of how his demeanour he was. You know, he did cut a bit of a frustrated figure. I mean, you, you've, you've mentioned a couple of positions there or a couple of sort of slots in the team where you think they need to improve. If, if, if as you say, they manage to get two in in the next couple of weeks, where where is it that you're wanting them to strengthen? Is it, you know, another midfielder to maybe back up you know, the, the middle of the park? Is it a left back to replace Byrne? Is it even, you know, as you say, a, a backup for Trippier or a backup for, for Fabian Scherer or someone to replace Scherer? Where, where are the positions where you think, right, they really need to go out and, and strengthen before before pre-season? Left back has to be. Not, not because Dan Byrne's a bad player or anything like that. I just simply need... Just something a little bit more, especially going forward. I can't remember the last left-back that we had really gave us a lot going forward, if I'm honest. And it just shows when you've got someone like Trippi on the right who can do so much more, who can defend it, who can go forward. I know that's a rare, it's a rare sort of fullback who can do both because obviously you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, one of the best fullbacks in the world, but he can't really defend. He gets caught out a lot. Um, I, I think left-back has to be a priority. I think midfield I'm content with at this moment in time, because we do have five or six options. Um, and I know that sounds quite strange, considering we were down to the bare bones going against Chelsea like we ended the season with Gama- mm-hmm. Bruno Gamarish, Lewis Miley and Elliot Anderson. So it was um, it was weird to say, to say that we're, I feel content, but I still I, th- I think Newcastle will still look for one more, but if everyone stays fit, you, you'd be happy with Bruno, Gillington, Willock, Tenali, Longstaff. Anderson to an extent as well who can play there so there's there's options there um, I, I still want a right hand side winger Miggy's been brilliant but realistically is he going to do what he did last season I'm not saying he can't but realistically I'm not too sure but I still think if you're putting him in priority order I think it goes left back right back centre back right winger midfielder striker but again I don't it, it there's, a, there's what, one, two, three, six players I've said there, and I don't think we'll get six players, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, as you say, the, the time is ticking, and I think there may be a few, you know, bit too far into summer to get six of the line, but as you say, they're, they're working hard behind the scenes, you know, Eddie Howe's, yes, he's frustrated, but I've no doubt Dan Ashworth and the team are really pushing behind the scenes to get some new additions in. Um, just before we let you go, Johnny, there was a question that I asked Sam last week, and I'll ask it to you as well, um, as, as it's quite a good one. And that is, let's say, you know, touch wood, this doesn't happen, but let's say Newcastle don't get anyone else in between now and that first game against Villa. What is your what is your start in 11 on that first day? What do you think their strongest team is now? They've got so many options out wide and, and a few new options in the middle to, to tinker with. Um, Nick Pope and goal. I have to say, if Lars Karras is the number two for Newcastle next season, it wouldn't be against that, by the way. Just sort of, yeah, you um, look quite assured. I know it's it's difficult to judge on, yeah. on, on that 45 minutes of Gator, but he looked he looked okay, didn't he? 
Yeah, it looked all right. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against it because I think Darla will go and Dubravka. God knows what's going to happen with him. I don't know whether he's picked up an injury or whatever. But um, yeah, uh, Pope and Gold, um, Burn left back, uh, Botman share Chuppy. I think that picks itself at the minute. Midfield, you don't spend fifty-five million pound on Tenard if you're not going to play him. So I think he comes in with Bruno and. Ooh. Um, interesting. I can't remember what Sam said, but I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say Bruno and I'll say Joe Linton just because yeah. anyhow likes him in there. A bit harsh on Sean Long stuff if I'm honest from last season, but I think that that's what it'll be. And um, going forward, I think I don't like Isaac on the left, but I think he'll put Isaac on the left, Wilson up front, and probably Miggy on the right to start the season off, but. I know, I know, I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong, <laughs> but that's what I think Eddie Howe would go if, if it was if it was tomorrow, for example. It's interesting, isn't it? Because everybody I've spoken to about this, and I've seen a couple of people discussing it on Twitter, and I've never seen Joe Willock in one of these elevens, and it's, it's so weird, isn't it? Because he had such a good back end of last season, and it's so interesting how players can just fall out of favour when they get a little injury or anything like that, isn't it? I, I'm a big, I'm a big Joe Willock fan, Aaron. I really am. I'm a big Joe Willock fan. I think he's a really, really good player. I think. I think I would say he was underrated last season in terms of what he did for Newcastle shirt. He came up with some big goals as well and some big performances. And you know, I wouldn't be against him starting, which just shows where we are, where we're at. Um I think the only thing with my midfield doesn't really have much legs in it, if I'm honest. I think you probably need a long staff or a willing in there. But I was think I was probably thinking long staff for Jolinton to go on the left, but I don't really want Jolinton on the left hand side. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad Eddie Howe makes the big decisions because if I did, I'd be up all night. And it's just not <laughs> That's why he's paid the bid books, eh? Exactly. Well, so obviously we, we saw you at Gator on Saturday in the poor man. Are you doing any of the friendlies? Are you Rangers? Yeah, or... I'm doing I'm doing Rangers. I'm doing Rangers tomorrow. I've never been to Ibrox, um, so that'll be, that'll be something to take off the bucket list. I went to Stanley Park for a Champions League game a few years ago and the atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh, probably the best atmosphere I've been to. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to go to, to Ibrox. It'd be a good atmosphere, 8,000 Geordies. So I'm looking forward to that. And Lee's doing the trip to America um, on Friday or Saturday morning. So he'll be there before the first game. And then I might do one of the home games. But I'm, to be honest with you, Aaron, pre- and even though I'm going, I'm going to Rangers just because it's a ground I've never been to, I'm, I don't know, I'm just not a massive pre season fan. It doesn't matter if it's Newcastle or any other club. I, I, I just. Not that I find it boring, but I just find it difficult watching the best of times. It was all right on Saturday. It's half an hour down the road, and it's you know it's a bit of a day out. But um, yeah, I'm, when it comes to like the real the real football, I I kind of feel that the season starts when you get the Community Shield because it's like a it's like a glorified friendly, but you can tell that it means something to them. Yeah, it's competitive. So that, it's competitive. So when you get to when you get to there or the first weekend of the championship, you kind of know what football's on its way back very very shortly. But uh, yeah, not long ago it'll fly by. Absolutely, as you say, we're all just itching for that first game against Aston Villa on the 12th of August. Well, Johnny, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. It's been very, very good to have you and Sam on in the last couple of weeks um, with Andrew still off. Thanks to everyone who's listening on the podcast provider. Please remember to drop us a like and a follow and we'll have videos on YouTube and more podcasts to come later this week. And we'll speak to you very, very soon.